Good morning, Faith family. Welcome to Palm Sunday Worship. And if you're new with us here today, welcome aboard. We come together again this Sunday as a scattered community. We're going to begin with some music by David Gerard on piano. So grab some coffee, gather the kids, and get settled. And feel free to use this time uh, to quiet your soul and to bring yourself into the presence of God. Good morning, everyone. Miss Leah here. Our children's palm parade every year is a huge deal. And this year, it's gonna look a little different since we're doing everything online. Um, this year, we got the, some of the little angels and some of the pre-K through uh, first grade kids together, and we did a Zoom palm parade. It was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it. Palm Parade. I had a lot of fun watching it too. Uh, today is Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of a very special week in the church. It's called Holy Week. And we have some special services during Holy Week. And during each one of those services, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and then Easter, there's going to be a special children's time. And at each one of those children's times, I'm going to read to you from a book called Easter Love Letters from God. Here's the book. It's written by Glennis Nellist and it's published by Zonder Kids and she's given us permission to read from it. And I'm so excited about this book. In fact, I'm so excited about this book that I wanted each one of your families to have one. So if you didn't get a chance to pick one up yesterday, 
let me know and I will try to get one in your hands this week sometime. It's a really special book and I'm going to be reading from it at each one of those children's times. And uh, so you can follow along at home too. And while I'm reading today, you're going to be seeing my friend Chris Bowers draw a special picture for us. And be watching for this picture later on this week because you're going to see some more of it too. All right, let's read the story about Palm Sunday. The donkey felt very special as he trotted down the road into Jerusalem with Jesus on his back. He had never carried a king before. The road was lined with people clapping and cheering. Everyone was there to welcome Jesus. Little children laughed as they waved their palm branches high in the air like flags. Hosanna! Hosanna! the crowd shouted as Jesus passed by. He was the one they had heard about. Here was the king who could save them from their enemies. But how would he do that? He wasn't wearing armor, and he didn't look like he was ready for a fight. An earthly king would ride on a mighty horse, but Jesus was a heavenly king. He rode in on a quiet donkey. An earthly king would ride in with an army of strong soldiers, but Jesus rode in with an army of invisible angels. An earthly king would ride in carrying gleaming swords and weapons, but Jesus rode in carrying love, forgiveness, and peace. An earthly king would capture his enemies and take them to jail, but Jesus would free his enemies with love and lead them to heaven. The king of kings stepped down from his donkey, patted it on the back, and turned toward Jerusalem. Jesus had only a few days left to live on earth, just a few days to show the world what love looked like. And so his last days began. And your love letter from God today. Dear children, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, he didn't come to fight the Romans. My son came to fight hatred, sadness, and unkindness. And the only way to fight those enemies is with love. Jesus came to teach people how to love. He came to heal us from everything that hurts us and to fill our lives with joy, hope, forgiveness, and peace. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you'll discover that this can be your life too. Love God. And that's the story of Palm Sunday. I hope to see you again on Monday, Thursday for another special children's time. Parents, you'll need to bring a baby wipe or a washcloth and some water for that special children's time. And until then, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. Amen. I love you and miss you all very, very much. I'll see you again Thursday. Bye.
After our worship video, I invite you to go to faithwestwood.com service. If you're on Facebook, you'll see the link in the description, and there you'll find a connection card to fill out, a way to send in your prayer request, and a link for online giving, including today's mission focus, which is our Helping Hands Fund. At faithwestwood.com service, you'll also find links to worship playlists and to our Faith at Home page, which is your one-stop shop for resources during isolation. This is also, of course, the first day of Holy Week, which means we'll have online worship twice more this week, Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. Those services will be both be posted by noon online, and you can access them anytime after that. Maundy Thursday will be a communion service where you'll supply your own bread and juice and receive communion at your home. Uh, we'll also receive communion the same way on Easter. You may not know this, but we have nearly 50 volunteers making masks uh, to wear on your face when you're out and about. And in less than two weeks, they have made 1,587 masks. Uh, since then, we've received a request from St. Francis Ministries, which provides an essential service. They do case management for 1,800 children and their families in the metro. And they have asked for 300 masks for their staff. Uh, Sienna Francis has asked for more. They'd already received some, but they uh, need more. Easter Sunday's mission offering will purchase supplies so that our volunteers can continue to make these masks. You know, the word from the Bible that keeps popping up in my mind during this time of isolation is exile. It feels to me like we're living in exile. In the 6th century BC, the people of Jerusalem were, were taken, they were ripped from their homes and exiled to Babylon. And uh, they were thrust into a, a holding pattern. Uh, when life was not normal anymore and they were thrust into this holding pattern that never seemed to end. But God gave the prophet Jeremiah a message for the people. Don't live in a holding pattern. Get on with your life. Plant gardens, plan weddings, pray for the city that you're now living in. And I believe that's a message that God wants us to hear today. Get on with your life, whether that means planting gardens or planning weddings for after this crisis has passed. Pray for your city. Yes, stay home as much as possible, and yes, keep your distance from others, but continue your life. And that's one reason why we, uh, we are gathering online today. We don't want to let this virus shut down worship. You know, the front page of our website says, Our building may be closed, but our church is not. I've also been thinking that this pandemic that we're going through might make you wonder about God. What's, what's God up to? What kind of God do you believe in? Maybe you imagine God's an aloof creator watching from a distance but not getting involved. Maybe you imagine God's an abusive tyrant issuing threats. Maybe you imagine God's a micromanager de uh, directing every detail that happens on earth. Now, I don't have all the answers, but here's what I do know. One of the biggest messages of the Bible is that God is like Jesus. That's right. God is like Jesus. If you want to know the kindness of God, look at Jesus. If you want to know the holiness of God, look at Jesus. 
If you want to know the suffering of God, look at Jesus. We find this throughout the Bible. Jesus reveals who God is. The letter to the Colossians says, The Son is the image of the invisible God. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Today's scripture tells us something important about Jesus, which means that it also tells us something important about God. Jesus and his disciples have been traveling a few days from Galilee in the north to uh, Jerusalem in the south for the annual Passover. Along the way, they gather quite a number of enthusiastic supporters, uh, people excited just to see what Jesus is going to do next. The last stop on the way is Jericho, a city northeast of Jerusalem. As Jesus and company are, are leaving Jericho, they hear two blind beggars shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now, calling him Son of David was Jewish speak for Messiah. When Jesus hears them, he stops. He calls for them. I can see these two guys scrambling to their feet, being led by the hand to Jesus. And he asks, what do you want me to do for you? You kind of expect that they're going to ask for money because normally when a beggar shouts at you, they're looking for a handout, right? But these two say, Lord, we want to see. And the Bible says Jesus has compassion on them. He touches their eyes and their sight is restored and they follow him on the five-hour walk from Jericho to Jerusalem. Now, let's read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, starting with verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. Very large crowds spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Have you ever wondered why Jesus rides into Jerusalem? I mean, he's been walking for, for days. Everybody else is walking. Why didn't he just keep walking? But here, the last couple miles, he rides a donkey. Why? A lot of uh, Bibles have a heading above chapter 21 of Matthew uh, that says, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But a triumph implies that there's been a battle. Uh, it implies that Jesus is a conqueror. But there's been no war. He's conquered no one, at least not militarily. Jesus rides a donkey because he comes in peace. According to ancient historian Josephus, 
in 332 BC, Alexander the Great rode into Jerusalem on his stallion. His armies had conquered everywhere they'd been, and when he came to Jerusalem, the Jews put up no resistance. I imagine Alexander riding into Jerusalem, wearing his impressive military attire, accompanied by a legion of well-armed, well-trained soldiers. Alexander's war horse uh, was one of the most well-known animals of antiquity. His horse was said to have an especially large head, and it was named Bucephalus, which means ox head. But when Jesus enters Jerusalem, his mount is not a horse. He rides a smaller, slower animal because he comes not as a conqueror. He comes as a man of peace. And we need the peace Jesus brings. Each of us has shaken our fist at God and, and gone our own way, and Jesus comes to bring us back. He reconciles us to God. He reconciles us to one another. He comes in peace to bring you peace. When I was in high school, I was frustrated with myself. I didn't know who God was or where God was or even if there was a God. Without going through the entire story, I, I came to, to see that knowing Jesus had apparently changed the lives of some other people in a profound way, and I wondered if he could change mine. So at the age of 16, I took a step of faith. I told Jesus, I am tired of messing my life up, trying to run it my own way. I'm tired of God seeming so far away. I said, Jesus, I invite you to make your home in me. And if you want my life, here it is. I'm all yours. And something began to change inside me. I look back now and I realize that's when life started over. Jesus reconciled me to God and he will reconcile you. He will bring you peace. Today, will you welcome the one who comes riding on a donkey, who comes in peace, bringing you peace? Why does Jesus ride on a donkey? He rides on a donkey because it also sends a biblical message. Jesus knows the words of Zechariah, and so does everyone else. It is written, See your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. Jesus rides a donkey because he is the king. For a long time, Jesus held back the announcement that he was the Messiah, the king, but now his hour has come. Now he boldly enters the city as royalty. Of course, we know five days later, a paper is nailed to the cross above Jesus' head. It reads, King of the Jews a final mocking insult from the Roman governor. Today, we see that Jesus is no ordinary king. His kingdom transcends national boundaries. His kingdom outlives nations and rulers. His kingdom empowers the weak. His kingdom gives dignity to the, to the oppressed. And his kingdom demands our highest loyalty. King Jesus now reigns as this world's rightful ruler, and we cry out to him just as they did on that first Palm Sunday, Hosanna to the Son of David. Now, Hosanna literally means save us. By Jesus' time, Hosanna had also become a word of praise, a shout of acclamation like, God save the Son of David, long live King Jesus. Let me be clear. 
Jesus is not just the Christian's king. He is creation's king. And one day all creation will hail him as king either in joy or in regret. One day every knee will bow and say, truly, you are the king. Today, you can cry out, Hosanna, save me, Lord, and he will save you. You will begin a new start in life, and your Hosanna will turn into a shout of praise and joy. Today, will you welcome the one who comes riding on a donkey, who comes as your king? Why does Jesus ride on a donkey? The donkey is a pack animal, a beast of burden. You know, I, if I compare it to the vehicles today, the horse would be a shiny new sports car, and the donkey is an old beat-up pickup truck. The donkey and the old beat-up pickup truck uh, may lack pizzazz, but they do what they need to do. They carry what they need to carry. And Jesus rides a donkey because just as a donkey is a beast of burden, Jesus carries the burden of our sin. Five days later, Jesus hangs on a cross. The authorities call it an execution. Jesus says he lays down his life willingly. Earlier, John the baptizer called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's a, a metaphor coming out of the sacrifices of the temple. Perhaps we can also use another metaphor. This Sunday, we see Jesus carried by a beast of burden. On Friday, we will see him carrying our burden on the cross. Could we also say that he is the donkey of God, the one who carries the burden of my sin? Maybe, though, you don't feel the burden of your sin. Maybe you don't think too much about sin. Maybe it doesn't bother you. It could be that you don't know the scriptures well enough to know what God's will is, so you don't know when you've wandered off. Only when we feel the burden of our sin will we turn to the one who can carry that sin. Today, will you welcome the one who comes riding on a donkey, who comes to carry your burden? Why does Jesus ride on a donkey? Can we agree that a donkey is not as handsome as a horse? A donkey may be lovable in its own homely way, but it's not as majestic as its larger cousin. But this king picks the lowly one. Why? Jesus rides a donkey because he is humble. Before Jesus was conceived, he did not have a body, makes sense. Uh, he did not need a body. He lived in eternal harmony with the Father and the Holy Spirit. But to come to our rescue, he humbled himself and was born as a human. As a human, it's interesting to me that Jesus was not scary. <laughs> even though he was a holy man and a great teacher and even a mighty miracle worker, he did not intimidate people. Children and sinners flocked to him. Why? Because he was so utterly humble. Jesus invited the weary and the burdened to come to him. He said, learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that also tells us something about God, that God is humble. And now it's hard to grasp, isn't it? What does it mean that God is humble? 
It means that God is not too proud to associate with a sinner like me or with a sinner like you. God's humility means that you are not beneath his loving care. He is not ashamed to call you and claim you as his child. It's like Jesus' parable where the father looks out and sees his long-lost prodigal son in the distance. Most fathers would have been too proud to be seen running with their robe hiked up to their knees. But this father runs. It was an act of humility. The father was not too proud to run to his sinner son. He wrapped his arms around him, kissed him on his cheek, and said, My son who was dead is alive. My son who was lost is now found. God is humble like that. Today, will you welcome the one who comes riding on a donkey, who comes in humility? Will you welcome him into your life? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, today we see you entering the city on a donkey, a humble king, coming in peace, coming to carry our burden. King Jesus, we cry out to you, Hosanna, save me, be my savior. Forgive my sins, reconcile me to God. Give me a new start. My life is yours from this day on. And all God's people said, Amen.
And now let's continue to pray for our city and the surrounding area. Lord, bless the 129 people in Douglas County and more in neighboring counties who have tested positive for COVID-19. Strengthen them physically, emotionally, spiritually. Jesus, we ask you to place your healing hands upon them. Hear our cry. Lord, bless those who are sick and waiting for testing, not knowing the risk to their health or the risk they bring to others. Jesus, we ask you to protect them and those who care for them. Hear our cry. Lord, bless the residents and staff in our care homes. Jesus, we ask you to, to guard their lives, guard their hearts and minds. Hear our cry. Lord, bless those working long hours in essential services while the rest of us shelter at home. Jesus, we ask you to walk with them as they serve and sacrifice. Hear our cry. Lord, bless our team of masketeers making masks for people with higher risk or who work in essential services. Open the doors for certain supplies that are becoming scarce. Jesus, we ask you to multiply their efforts to protect others. Hear our cry. Lord, give us all patience as we wait for this pandemic to subside Teach us to find the hidden blessings in isolation. Jesus, draw us near to you. We pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.